So if you've been uh, worshiping with us or online with us here over the last year, you know we've covered a lot of ground. We started out with the Advent season, this time to prepare our hearts to get ready for Christmas, the birth of our Savior and the promise of his return someday. And we looked at a sermon series called Right from the Heart. And, and we focused on how we can share God's love with people in our family, in our neighborhoods, and those people that are in need. And then Christmas Eve, we gathered and were online by the thousands to be able to celebrate the birth of our Savior, the Messiah, the promised one, born sinless to live and die for each of us. But one last Christmas thought before we move into this New Year's message here. Uh, There was a cartoon in Family Circus, and uh, I always thought it was funny. Little girl has her little brother on her lap, and, and she's telling him what Christmas is all about. And she says, well, Jesus was born just in time for Christmas at the North Pole, Surrounded by some tiny reindeer, and the Virgin Mary was there, and there was Santa Claus. He had lots of toys and stuff and some swaddling clothes. There were three wise men and some elves, and they were singing Christmas carols. The drummer boy and Scrooge were there, and they helped decorate the tree with Joseph, and Frosty the snowman saw a star in the sky. Ah, a little bit off, huh? But I wonder if it's just me or whether the activities surrounding Christmas kind of get more and more hectic as each year goes by, and we miss the real reason for this season of Christmas. And it's, it's hard to keep our perspective of what it's really all about as we go from jingle bells to juggle bills, as we take down our tree and put away the decorations and the credit card bills come in, and, and we look for a fresh start as New Year's about to begin. And I think there are times in our lives when we feel this is a fresh start. We hit the reset button. Perhaps a time when you got married, that day was a new fresh start, or birth of a child. Maybe a new job or a new house. And of course, we all know that New Year's Day, and really every day of the year, is a good time to hit that reset button, to get renewed and a fresh start and to make the needed adjustments. And most of us call those adjustments New Year's resolutions. And there was this one guy, he really wanted to keep his, because every year he'd break them. So he made this list. His list was, I'm going to gain weight, at least 20 pounds. going to stop exercising. I'm going to read less. I'm going to watch more TV. And I'm not going to procrastinate this year. Well, maybe I'll put that one off till next year. But why do we do it? Why do we make these resolutions? We think that every January 1st is a time for us to set new goals. Well, I think it's because the reality in life is that we need to identify our weaknesses and then set priorities. And I think it truly answers the question, how do I want to invest my time and my energy and my money and my uh, talents in this new year that lies ahead? How, in other words, can I maximize the potential of every moment in my life? I saw a piece many years ago, and it's really touched my heart to see the value of time. It says, to realize the value of a month, ask a mother who gave birth prematurely. To realize the value of a week, ask someone who just came back from a cruise. To realize the value of one hour, ask that guy that forgot to turn his clock back a few months ago. To realize the value of a minute, ask the person who just missed catching a very important airplane ride. To realize the value of a second, 
Ask the person that just missed getting in a car accident to realize the value of a millisecond. Ask the person that won the silver medal in the Olympics. So maybe for you, that's a priority this year is to really be a good steward of your time. But as this new year begins, we certainly want to set our priorities, but we want to realize, are they in sync with God's priorities? And if not, how do we push the reset button? How do we get back on track? How do we get renewed? How can we live more Christ-like? Ephesians 4 tells us that we are to be made new in the attitude of our minds and to put on the new self, created like God in true righteousness and holiness. And it sounds good, but how do we do that? Well, first of all, everything we do has to be based on a foundation of Jesus Christ and the knowledge that God knows you intimately and he loves you unconditionally. I mean, what do I mean by that? He knows you intimately. He wants to be part of your life. And how do we know it? Well, first of all, because God handmade you. Do you know that? The Bible says you are a masterpiece, and God handmade you to be exactly who you are. One of my very favorite sections of Scripture is Psalm 139. It says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place, woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Isn't that incredible? Let that soak in for a minute. You are handmade by God. And he wants to have an intimate relationship with you. And yet we know there's this issue. It's called sin. And we all fall short. We all miss the mark. We let God down. That's the law, and it condemns us. And yet the joy of the gospel, the joy of the fact that God loves you in spite of you. It's the Christmas story. It's the Good Friday story. It's the Easter story. It's the gospel. And we know it so well in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We know the verse, but let's focus for a minute on this thought. God created the Garden of Eden, and he put Adam and Eve there. He says, enjoy it. Take care of it. It's going to be paradise for you. But he didn't create robots. He made people with a free will. He wanted us to be able to say, okay, Lord, I love you and I'm going to obey you. He didn't want them to say, well, you know what? I'll do it my way. And yet, Eve had that free will and she chose and so did Adam. And that sin tainted their relationship with the Lord. But God loved them so much. He couldn't stand the thought of spending eternity without them right by his side. So he sends his son. He sends him to pay the price. And it's the exact same thing for you and for me. We all sin. We all rebel. We all fall short of what God wants us to do. And yet your sins are forgiven through faith. They are forgiven, and God will never bring them up again. And he loves you in spite of that sinful nature. He loves you so much that he wants you to be part of his plans. He has plans for you. Isn't there joy in knowing that you have a purpose? God wants to work in you so that he can work through you to other people. 
Many of us know Jeremiah 29. It gives us such hope. It says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. See, he's got plans for you today and into the next year and into the year after that. And the question is, how can we accomplish the plans if we don't know what the plans are? In the past at our house, and quite frankly, still happening, we turn the TV on and the picture's there, but the words are not in sync. And then we put on the closed caption, it's not in sync with either of them, and it's very confusing, and it's hard to figure out what's going on. Well, you know what? God doesn't want that in his relationship with you. He wants you focused in, in sync with what he wants you to accomplish. So what can we do to be in sync with God's plans? Well, every morning when I get up and say my prayers, I ask God to help me be in sync, to be in the pathway he wants me to be, to be the best me I can be, to be in the moment, to keep the main thing the main thing, and to not be distracted by junk and guilt and pain and all of the crud from the past, nor to be a hostage taken by the future that I seem to want to worry about. I need to be in the moment. You've all heard the little phrase, but it's so powerful. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow's a mystery. Today's a gift, and that's why it's called the present. We need to live in the present. In order to do that, man, we got to hit the reset button on the past. And I know that's hard for many of you. You want to relive it. You want to hope it'll come out different. You want to change things. You can't, folks. You can't go back and change it. Isaiah tells us to forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. And it's so vital for each of us. We learn from our past mistakes. We make adjustments. And then we move forward into today and the next day and the next day. And sports fans know this, right? Halftime of a game, what do they do? They go in the locker room. They celebrate the victories. They talk about the mistakes. They make needed adjustments for the second half. And then they leave it in the locker room. And they go out and play the second half, refreshed, renewed, refocused. It's the same with us. We're supposed to leave the guilt and the regrets and the resentments of the past, hand them over to the Lord, make it a halftime celebration, and then go on out and live each new day moving forward. Philippians 3, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a great section of scripture? Tells us to forget what's behind you and don't get spazzed out over the future that you can't control. Although it's very reassuring to know that God controls the future and allows you to live it out. See, God promises forgiveness and eternal life and that he'll be with you in the midst of the storms we face. We look forward to God's promise that he will never, ever leave you. Do you know that there's nothing, nothing you can do that will make God not love you? He might be disappointed in you, but he will always love you and be with you. Deuteronomy 31, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. Why? For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I like the way Rick Warren talks about this. He said, Jesus offers you a new life, an abundant life, and an eternal life. 
Isn't that cool? And the best part is it's absolutely free, which is good because you can't afford to buy it yourself. Now, we're one day away from January. I wonder if you know where January gets its name from. Well, actually, it's named from this guy up here. His name is Janus, mythological Roman god. And he's got two faces because he's looking at the past and he's looking at the future. Interesting guy. I wonder whether or not he could sing a duet by himself. I wonder if he has to turn his head if he's watching a tennis match. Can he read a book and watch TV at the same time? And here's the ultimate. Can he eat with one mouth, have a conversation with the other, and never have his mom nag him? Don't talk with your mouth full. All right, they're not funny, but you know what? They are silly. But see, that guy helps us to realize we are not to be two-faced, right, as in a hypocrite saying and doing opposite things. But it also reminds us we don't live in the past and we don't live in the future. We live in the present, right here today. It's the only thing you know for sure is that you have today. You have this minute in time, and that's all that you know, and that's all you need to know, and it's from God. Psalm 118, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let us be glad in it. And since the Lord has made the day and has a plan for us and we're to stay in sync, what are some of those ways to stay in sync with him? Well, these are things that God wants you to do to stay connected to him, to stay in sync with him, to accomplish what he wants, for him to strengthen you and comfort you and reassure you. The first thing I think is the most important, give thanks. Give thanks every single day. Go home today. Get a pencil and a paper or a computer and sit there and make a list of all the things you were blessed with in 2023. My guess is it's going to be a very long list. Put it in some categories. How have you been blessed physically and materialistically and relationally and spiritually? Don't worry about the junk in your life. What are the blessings you have? Every morning give thanks for all the blessings there are. Psalm 136 says to give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he is good and his love endures forever. Part of my morning prayers. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. I am so, so, so blessed. Now help me be a good steward of those blessings. Help me to be the best Dave I can be and help me to stay in sync so I can accomplish your plans for me, Lord. And a way to do that is to pray. Think about this for a minute. The God of the universe says, I know you personally and I have an open line to you. I want to talk to you whenever you want to talk about it. I want to guide you. I want to comfort you. I want to challenge you. I want to hear all of your concerns. Here's a great verse. I, I, I'm puzzled by it because it's so short and yet it's so powerful. It says to rejoice always, right? Good days and bad. Pray continually all day long. Give thanks in all circumstances because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus so we start out by praising God. We confess our weaknesses, our sinfulness. We thank him for his forgiveness and the blessings in our life. And then he wants to know the desires of your heart. When I was teaching confirmation, I used to tell the kids, imagine every night, last thing, I call you up. You answer the phone. I don't let you say a word. I'll just tell you everything you need to know, all the things you need to do, on and on and on, and, and then I hang up. Don't ever let that student talk back to me at all. It's not really a conversation at all, is it? Well, 
Is that the way we pray? Oh, it's bedtime. I got to say a prayer. Lord, blump, 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 blump. And we fall asleep, or maybe we do say amen. That's not a prayer. That's not conversation. Share your concerns. Share your thankfulness with the Lord. And then here's the deal. Don't just fall asleep. Don't just say amen and walk away. Sit for one or two minutes in total silence so that God can talk back. It'll seem weird at first, but he'll whisper in your ears. Or maybe he's going to shout in your ears. But that's how we stay in sync with God, by thanks and prayer. And then, of course, we need to be in his word. You know, we live in a world that's in constant search for the truth. But we're looking for it in the wrong places. Social media, crowd consensus, personal desires. And all the while, the truth is right in front of us. Second Timothy tells us that all scripture, all of God's word, is God-breathed. It's useful for what? Teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Why? So the servant of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you're not sure where to start, call me up. Come see me. See Pastor Mark. See Pastor John. We'll get you the right materials, the right schedule, the devotional books, the ways of Bible studies, everything we can do to help you to be in sync. And then we're supposed to be active in his church. Do you know that you are his children? Do you know this is a family reunion? Do you know this is a time to come together and support each other, to be fed spiritually, so that you can go out and reflect God's love in our homes and our schools and our neighborhoods and our workplaces? Hebrews 10 addresses this. It said, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but we're here encouraging one another. And all the more as we see the day approaching, make a commitment. Worship with us every single week. Join a small group, a life group, a Bible study group. Do mission trips. Let God work in and through you so that you can use your gifts, your abilities, and your situations to glorify the Lord. As I said earlier, you're unique. Every one of you has different opportunities that aren't the same as me. It's not about the pastor doing the ministries. It's us encouraging you in your setting to use the gifts and abilities you have. Because told in 1 Corinthians, whatever you eat, drink, or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Now, I know some of you are going, yeah, that's nice for them and them and them. But, you know, I don't have what it takes. I got flaws. I, I won't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. That's what I'm saying, blah, blah, blah. God wants to use you. It's a very old story, and, and I probably have heard it, and yet it fits so perfect right now. There's a, uh, a water bearer in India. He's got two large pots, puts a pole between them, puts them over his shoulder, goes from the master's house down to the creek, fills them with water, walks back up so that the master will have water in the house. Well, one of the pots is perfect, and the other one's got a crack down the side of it. And uh, for two years, that water bearer only gets one and a half pots of water by the time it gets back up to the master's house. And of course, the, the perfect pot is really proud of itself, and the one with a crack in it's ashamed of himself, feels like it's miserable, and it didn't accomplish what it was created to do. And so after a few years in, in a bitter failure, it feels it talks to the water bearer and said, I'm ashamed of myself. Please forgive me. I apologize. And the water bearer goes, for what? What are you ashamed of? Well, because these last few years, I've only been able to deliver a half a pot of water. 
because of my flaws. The water goes out. You're doing all the work, and yet you don't get the big reward in the end. Well, this water barrel felt really sorry because this pot was so upset with itself. And he says, well, when we go back up towards the master's house, just look at the scenery, the plants, the flowers, and enjoy the walk back. Well, they did, and it helped a little bit. But then it got back to the master's house, and there was only a half a pot of water. And it was upset again and apologized again. And the water bearer said, well, did you see the beautiful flowers on the pathway? Did you notice they're only on your side of the walk? See, I knew about your flaws, he said. I planted seeds for flowers along your side, and every single day you watered those flowers. Without you being exactly the way you are, there'd be no flowers on the table for the master. Hey, everyone in us has flaws. Everyone here has cracks. And yet, in God's economy, nothing goes to waste. He knows it, and he's going to use it. He just wants you to be in sync because he's got things there. You don't have to be worried about your flaws. Just acknowledge them and ask God to work in and through those flaws. And tell yourself that I can do all this through him who gives me my strength. So let this New Year's Day be a new day for you. Let it be a day where you hit the reset button, move forward, make resolutions if that's what works for you, that's good. But know that those resolutions don't do anything unless they're based on a life with Jesus Christ. May you have a very healthy, happy, Christ-centered, joy-filled 2024. So some action steps for you. Number one, will you say, when you walk out of here, I'm going to hit the reset button on the past. I'm going to just leave it in the Lord's hands, can't change it, why relive it, and move into the new day. And then are you ready to say, I ain't going to worry about the future. I'll make some concerned decisions, but I'm not going to worry about it because it's the future. There's nothing I can do about it. And then are you ready to just say, I'm going to live daily for the Lord. I'm going to seek his plans for me and to be active here in our church as well. Lord, we just thank you. You love us. You give us every new day as a gift from you. You promise to walk alongside us, to forgive us and give us eternal life. As this year ends and a new one begins, let us hit the reset button on the past to thank you for the blessings and then step out to be the best children of God we can be. We pray it in your name. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to learn a little bit more about Royal Redeemer. We want you to be a part of our Royal Redeemer family here. May God richly bless you and guide you, and I truly look forward to seeing you soon.